Day 20. Beyond the Headlines. I needed a few minutes after meditation this morning because I'm not quite sure where I traveled to. Holy Toledo. It's a very odd sensation when time and space and your place in them go away. I set the clock for an hour, got myself settled into the embrace of the well-worn couch, and the next thing I know, the alarm went off. I didn't sleep. I was just somewhere. It was a place without any problems. It was without any headlines or questions. It was without anything material. It was just all a suspended state of peace and lightness and quiet. When I got ready to record after today's meditation, my mind said to me, you know, these videos remind me of when we did talk radio. When I went from DJing FM music to hosting AM talk radio, I was petrified. Yes, I was on my creative edge, but it was immensely stressful. I had to sound smart and knowledgeable in real time with no do-overs. I had to know what I was talking about. I had to have enough content to fill the time if I didn't get any callers. I was no longer able to use music or my history with it to fill dead air. To say I felt nauseous is an understatement. I don't feel that level of stress or nausea now, but it's no mistake that my mind made that association. It sprang up as I was thinking, what do I really have to offer? I was conscious today of feeling the need to do something well, to do something right or perfect, to make this video mean something. Perhaps that's normal. Perhaps that's yet another extension of the mind. Thank goodness I know other people who are doing this. Every now and then, we check in with each other. What the hell did we say yes to? This experiment is fascinating, among other things. I'm seeing how daily meditation sets me up for the rest of the day, calling in the flashes of insight and understanding. Day 21. She is risen. For many people, it's Easter Sunday. For me, it's my own resurrection day. I had an interesting dream this morning. I was in an audience, and there was a guy with gray hair and a beard sitting unusually high above me. Sitting next to him was Oprah Winfrey. He was talking to her and calling her the master teacher and asking her all these questions. How do I? How do we? I got more and more upset. I turned to the person next to me and said, I can't believe he keeps talking to her as if she knows more than we do about ourselves. He's acting as if we don't have our own answers. As the dream went on, I went off on the guy saying, what are you doing? You're giving Oprah more power than is her own. You're making everybody believe that they have to go outside of themselves to know what their truth is. And then I woke up. Wow. Okay, I got it. I value Oprah and what she shares, but I was so clear about the importance of knowing my own truth. After dreaming and meditating, I went to my spiritual center, ACSL, where I get to be of service to others. And today I was inspired to go into the little kids area to see if they needed some help. There were a lot of little kids there, so they asked me to stay on. I saw a little boy sitting on a chair, crying and having a tough time, and I was immediately drawn to him. I sat down in the tiny chair next to his and asked how he was doing, and he just kept crying. So I got him tissues, and I put my hand on his back and did a little Reiki love. He leaned a little closer to me 
and I got a little closer to him and eventually just put him on my lap. Soon after, I felt wetness coming down my legs. I realized what was happening, and I scooped him up to take him into the restroom. He propped himself up on the toilet, and as soon as he was able to do the job properly, he got a big smile on his face and started giggling. The joy he displayed after having his needs met was amazing. The house I am house-sitting at is very close by, so I got him some loner pants from the lost and found and took his clothes home and dried them. I didn't want him to be uncomfortable or embarrassed. I got back just before the kids walked out to join the adults at the end of the service. He and I walked out hand in hand and sat together on the edge of the stage, and he leaned completely into me. That little boy taught me that we all have that little child within us, and it needs to be acknowledged. I certainly have been face to face and heart to heart with my little girl these past several weeks now. That little boy just needed to be loved. He needed to be comforted and to be told that everything was okay and he was safe. That's what I told him. He was safe and loved. I would imagine it's something that you might begin to do for yourself if you haven't been doing it already. The way we talk to ourselves, to the child within us, is important. It would not have been appropriate for me to tell this little boy, get over it, stop crying, or any of the harsh things I've been saying to myself. To be held, to have somebody there who cares. We all need that at times. Day 22. If at first you don't succeed. It's five in the afternoon. I don't know what to say. I didn't do well this morning. I couldn't get up. The 7 a.m. thing is really a challenge for me, and I'm not sure what I need to do about it. I'm not sure if I need to make it a little bit later so I actually have success. I'm not sure if there's something going on personally with my health that's making me unable to get up in the morning. I got some writing done, but all I can say is that I don't feel good about the meditation piece today. This is not about me feeling bad. It's about me figuring out what I need to do to make this habit stick. Day 23, the $400 lesson. This morning went much better than yesterday. The alarm went off at 7. I got up, splashed some water on my face, made myself a cup of coffee, and got into my meditation by about 7.25. And by that I mean I sat my ass on that couch and closed my eyes. That's a good thing. I came to my meditation hoping for some reprieve from the action-packed motion picture that is my mind. Instead, the movie rolled on across the screen of my mind, and I just watched it. When I found myself getting frustrated that I wasn't going someplace deeper, I just took a deep breath and let it go, detached from what my mind was fussing over. Yesterday was an interesting day. I got to see a mechanism of my thinking that I'm now releasing. I call it the $400 lesson learned. Soon after I got to Alaska in February, someone asked me to emcee an event on April 22nd. At the time, I said, I can't say yes because I don't know if I'm going to be here. If I'd said yes, I would have had a decent paying gig and money to pay some bills, and my future plans would have actually bent around what I scheduled. I would have been creating my future instead of waiting for it to happen to me. However, I said no to that gig because I thought there would be something else that was coming that was more in alignment with my desires. 
I thought that saying yes to the first gig would have blocked me from other opportunities. That's definitely a pattern I've had. I've been afraid to make decisions, not only because I've been thinking they're the wrong decisions, but I've also worried that certain decisions are somehow outside of the path I'm on and all that I'm yearning to experience and call forth. The truth is, I understand that whatever comes into my path is my path. Had I said yes to the first gig, I would have known I would have been here until April 22nd. Consequently, I could have filled my time with other things. So I decided to fly back to New Jersey to be with my mom for the month of May. Right after I booked my ticket, I got a call from my friend Lauren wanting me to do some radio work in Alaska, starting the exact day that I head east. Okay, pause. The victim response to this would be, why can't I get a break? But I know that's not true. What did I have to do as I was thinking through this? I had to love myself like the little boy I talked about on Sunday. I had to hold myself mentally and emotionally. I had to be really gentle with myself because the harsh inner critic was ready to take me down on this. I thought, nope, I'm not doing that. This is an abundant universe. I can't be attached to how each day is because each day just is. And for this, I'm very, very grateful. Day 24, Silence is Golden. I woke up at 6 a.m. to participate in a weekly call with my beloved soul brother, spiritual colleague, and friend of more than 20 years, Kaleem. Every Wednesday morning, we support each other by listening deeply and by using what we call affirmative prayer. I grew up with prayer couched in begging and beseeching. It was about praying to a power outside of myself that had good days and not so good days. You had to approach carefully. I always wondered if I was worthy of having my prayers answered. These days, my prayerful life is happening all the time, and I understand that the Word is creative whenever it's used. This is a great gift that we've been given by the Creator. Our Word is creative. We are immersed in universal laws that are constantly creating. And when you understand and work in alignment with this, you release your victimhood and become a conscious co-creator of your everyday experience. Kaleem and I were also talking about this event we've been working on for quite some time now. We've been inspired to do a spiritual response to President Trump. I'm sharing this with you because after our prayer call, I took our conversation into meditation. This morning, I realized that more often than not, I'm in an exploratory state. I'm really excited to be involved with Kaleem, who, along with me, has been willing to remain open, flexible, and available to whatever is trying to express through us. The content and our presentation of it has been morphing every day that we talk. We are still in the exploratory phase of the title alone. I've gotten passionate feedback from all political sides about the title. A lot of people are drawing conclusions before they even hear what the content is. At the same time, it's a little scary, as in mysterious, because we don't really know all that is going to be. We know pieces of it. We just decided to go forward and open the door and begin and see what happens. I'm finding that the phrase, silence is golden, is something I'm relating to today. There's something about the silence that's calling me in. I want to go someplace without a lot of stimuli, do some writing, and just empty out. 
Things have been percolating and rearranging within, and now they're presenting to me anew. I want to cast a net and pull in as much as I can before it all goes away. Perhaps this quiet time is necessary so that I can feel into the feedback I've been getting. At the core of this spiritual response presentation, I don't want us to suffer so much. We're suffering in many ways, whether we're young people or old or in between. We have an opportunity to stop fighting, to listen to each other, and to respect each other and seek a common ground. That's what inspires me. I get to practice what I want to teach. Can I listen deeply? Can I respect another's opinion even though they firmly disagree with my own? I know that to be called out to do something like this, I'm called in to myself. If I'm going to be a part of this presentation, it's important for me to come from a place of being centered. These meditations are helping me find that place and stay connected to it throughout the day. Day 25. I need to know. Today I witnessed the barrage of thoughts for almost the entire 60 minutes of meditation. In the midst of that, I was thinking about two things. One is this revelation I had about how I make decisions, and more specifically, how I don't make decisions, based on thinking that the situation is somehow not in alignment with my greatest good. I've been looking back over the last couple of years with gentle observation, seeing how this has played out. I feel that this insight is a new, important filter to apply as I go forward. The other thing is that I feel like I'm walking through a valley in the desert, and I don't necessarily like this. I know there is a value in the valley and all of that. However, it's a very uncomfortable time. I don't like not knowing. It's just a true thing to say out loud. I would much prefer a very clear and definite knowing of what I'm doing. I would prefer having a booked calendar for the rest of the year, filled with the activities that light me up, radio work, speaking around the state and the country, women's workshops and events, teaching spiritual education classes. And yet, I have nothing on my calendar. There's a major pause going on, and I don't like it. I'm not forging ahead, being in the doing. I'm not sure what's mine to do with all of this. I don't like being a not-sure woman with gifts and talents and a lot of ideas about what to do with them, but no real sense of where to direct them. And yet, here I am, day 25, getting ready to go back to New Jersey next weekend. I feel like I have to put something in place, and yet, I know that forcing something just to make my mind more comfortable won't work. I know that it's a luxury that I can spend this much time with myself doing this deep work. I'm taking a fine-tooth comb through everything. Radio work, voice work, speaking, facilitating workshops, and teaching. I'm allowing myself to feel anew with each and everything. What lights me up? What do I want to do? And then I give myself permission to simply say yes to those things and allow my heart to show me the way. I know that I want to help people. I know that I need to live a purposeful and meaningful life. I want to be a part of a bigger solution, and it feels very uncomfortable to feel this far away from activity. I can see a big part of me is afraid it's over or it's not going to happen. It's afraid that the whole dream is a bust. I need to sit with and love that part of myself because that fear has been around me for quite some time. There's a lot of deconstruction going on, 
and I love it. Day 26, The One Behind the Thoughts Discipline is an interesting thing. I have an opportunity to master the discipline of this experiment. Though I meditated this morning, it's already 8 p.m., and I'm just getting to the video. I'm a night person, opinion, who's almost always had late jobs, facts. And I feel like this impacts what I'm doing. I'm rewriting most of my story these days, and this is one piece of it. In meditation, I felt connected to the one behind the thoughts. It revealed that I can look behind what I normally see. In other words, when I looked beyond speaking and radio and all of that, it showed me that I have so much possibility. I'm curating an anthology about daughters caring for their mothers, honest snapshots about the experience. The submissions are crazy, wonderful, poignant, and sad. If you're a daughter caring for your mom, you'll feel understood. If you're not, you'll be able to tap into an amazing, rich experience that many of us are going through. The other piece that came up is my rock and roll radio podcast, The Camille Conti Show. I'm in my fifth year of creating this commercial-free, listener-supported radio show and just surpassed 25,000 downloads. My mind has been looking through a specific filter where things must be a specific way to be considered successful or meaningful. And when they're not, my mind interprets this as failure. It's measuring what I've lost or am about to lose. I'm excited. Understanding this will help me with all that is happening within and through me. I sat with the one behind the thoughts today, and what it had to say was important. Day 27. Transformation sucks, said the caterpillar. The universe gave me an important message at a friend's house today. I noticed a quote on her wall. The greatest gift you have is to give that of your own self-transformation, period. That is amazing because I've been thinking about whether or not it's appropriate for me to be spending my time with, focused on, my own transformation. Have you ever felt this way? Usually, I go through personal growth privately or with close friends. I don't know that the caterpillar announces to the world, hey, I'm dying and rearranging my organs and turning into soup so I can become a butterfly. I'm pretty sure we like the butterfly or the caterpillar, not the moments in between. And yet, those moments are crucial and universal. We've all lived some form of that transformative process where we're dying to who we've been and becoming what we are to be. When I saw that cloth at my friend's house, it was a reminder. The universe was telling me, Camille, keep going. Keep going. Yes, you're making these videos that you don't like most of the time, and four days in a row, you've put them off until the end of the day to rebel against this whole morning thing. And just keep doing them. There's something about shining the light on the whole transformation process, a process which is ultimately beautiful. But before it's beautiful, it's messy, scary, and feels a lot like death because it is. But it doesn't have to take place in darkness. Day 28, Kindness Matters. The theme today is kindness and taking responsibility for words and the tone used to deliver those words. 
how we think about people in our minds, how we feel about people in our hearts, and what kind of energy infuses our actions. Sometimes kindness requires us to take the high road when we want to take the low road. Kindness is about letting go of grudges, being the first to apologize, and the first to forgive. Kindness is about seeking to be of service. I went back to the Alaska Center for Spiritual Living this morning, my spiritual home, and I hung out with the 7 to 11-year-olds this time. We were talking about change and how the only thing you can really change is how you look at and think about things. It was remarkable to me how many of these young people had stories about being bullied. The youngest, who was seven, talked about a school bully. I asked her how she handled that, and she said, I thought about it, and I decided it was best to walk away. How remarkable and hopeful that such a young person was able to understand in that moment that the kind way, the high road way, was to simply walk away to not meet the bully's energy with her own bully energy, to not further engage or push. Once again, I'm touched by the children. I'm mindful that in five days, I'm getting on a plane again and flying across the country to New Jersey to be of service to my mom. Rather than struggle or fight, I can trust and know that within this are the seeds of what is mine to do. Day 29 Refusal and then surrender. Truth. There is a me that does not want to do this confusion experiment. She has been resisting and putting up a fight from the very beginning. It's the me that says, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. We're not showing our face, talking about our most vulnerable experience in reality. No. On some level, I relate to what she's talking about. And I gave my word. Without your word, what do you have? I have to keep my word to myself. Yesterday, I saw a man standing on the street corner with a little sign that said, U.S. Army Vet. He was wearing a ball cap, and as I was waiting for the light to change, I saw him take his cap off. He ran his hand through his hair. There was something about that gesture that opened my heart. I was thinking about how difficult it must be to stand on a corner and ask for help. I decided to offer him some cash. He had been drinking. I could smell the alcohol when I rolled down the window, but it didn't matter. The smile that came across his face was precious. The look of a person who is seen and responded to as a human being. Later in the evening, I was sharing food and company with some friends. One friend is very upset with what's happening in our country. He was so angry and concerned and fearful, almost obsessed. His wife and I listened as he shared his feelings. When he finished, I asked, To what end? All of this energy and passion, to what end? At some point, we have to consider being our own version of an answer to all this. You're reacting and responding to what is already done. Headlines have been written. The best we can do now is to ask, What is mine to do? How can I bring my passion, skills, and talents to this experience in a way that is meaningful? Look, the situation already is. To keep using our precious moments, now and yet to be, by responding to something that's already done is a waste of our valuable time. That's where I am as I move forward with preparations for my collaborative talk about responding spiritually to President Trump. 
I'm wondering if this talk is even mine to do. I know a conversation is yet to be had about that. I'm just allowing myself to know that I'm in my divine plan. There's nothing outside of me that I have to get. Everything is right where I am, and that's a good thing. Day 30. I'll take instinct over experience any day. Day 30. I can definitely say that things have changed since day one in California. I feel like I have a headlamp on, and I've been rummaging around, finding interesting artifacts from my own thinking. As I continue to meditate for an hour in the morning, I notice that my insights are coming later in the day. I'm definitely having these moments where suddenly I'm seeing something from an observer's perspective, looking at a pattern of my thinking. Yesterday evening, I realized that I had a belief that says knowing is important. Knowing is success. Then the belief became a value. Or maybe it started as a value and then became a belief. That's not important. What's important is the revelation about this idea that says knowing is the best. Knowing what you're doing, where you're going, and how you're getting there is the way to succeed. It makes tremendous sense to me that I have had these moments of sheer terror when I don't have a succinct, detailed plan of where it is that I'm going. This is helpful as I continue my goal of moving from knowing, being in my mind, into my heart and my body. When I left Alaska on October 28th of 2013, I knew a handful of things. I knew I was safe. I knew I had a car and insurance and AAA. I knew I had a specific amount of cash to seed this sabbatical adventure I'm on. But outside of that, I was relying on my instinct because I had no experience with what I was about to do. As time has gone on and things have happened and fallen away, this belief about needing to know has emerged more obviously. It's caused me to experience stress and, ironically, to be distant from the very thing that belief says I should have. Today, at least right now, I don't need to know because there is a knower within me. I've sensed and relied on this for some time, but there have also been subconscious beliefs blocking a greater relationship with the knower. In this meditative experience, I'm finding revelation and ultimately release. When I first started this experiment, I was wrapped around my thoughts and identifying as the struggle. Today is a different experience. Today, I'm able to observe my thoughts as they float across the screen of my mind. I'm better at recognizing when I've attached myself to something, and I have the awareness and tools to sit with that or change it if need be. Today, I don't need to know. Day 31, a spiritual response to President Trump. Today, all attention is on tonight's webinar, a spiritual response to President Trump. I've spoken about this in previous videos. It's been a powerful, interesting, and oftentimes frustrating experience with my beloved friend, Colleen. When I begin working in collaboration with someone, especially a friend and a colleague that I've known forever, all is new. It requires a lot of give and take, and it's been fascinating to see us both give up a lot of preferences to find common ground that allows us to move forward with the vision that we both have. I realize that this is exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. Finding and working from common ground and allowing everything else to just be what it is. 
The other focus is a question I encourage us all to ask. Do I want to use my precious now energy that is coming through me in this very moment to get emotionally wrapped around the axle of something that's already over and done with? This is part of the paradigm shift and mental shift that I want to bring to our discussion. I'm in the process of doing this myself. I have in no way mastered this, but I'm aware of it and I'm working on it. Am I reacting and responding to what's already done in any area of my life? Or am I choosing to use the creative, fresh energy coming through to be a part of a solution? I've been going through a lot of interesting awakenings as part of these meditations. One big awakening has been around looking to the future through the lens of the past, what I've done, how I've done it, and who I've been. Looking through that to measure my success, coupled with a deep-seated belief that knowing is the formula to success, creates the mental chaos that I have been experiencing. If I believe that knowing equals success, then I have evidence that I'm a failure when I don't know. Or so this belief tells me. Looking through these filters has caused me to be blind to something new that's now in the picture, like this webinar or the anthology of daughters caring for mothers. I can do the things I've loved and known, radio, speaking, teaching. However, I'm also opening up space and allowing other things to come into my sight that have never happened before. The outdated filters show me that nothing's happening in my life. When I remove them, that statement is clearly untrue. Day 32. No woman, no cry. In the last 20 minutes of meditation, the floodgates opened. I used to put a lot of energy into stressing about how much I cry, especially because of people's opinions or comments about it. By the time I turned 50 and my hormones went through their rage in the cage, I just began to love myself in a deep way. It doesn't matter whether that was a result of hormones or, more likely, about opening my heart. I accept it. I accept me. I'm feeling emotional about leaving for New Jersey on Saturday. It's never easy for my heart to leave these two places. Considering how often I've left Alaska for New Jersey and vice versa, you would think this would be easy, but it's not. I have beautiful people here who are so generous to me. Give thanks for the people in your life that give to you, whether it's with their love or support or time. We need each other. I couldn't live this crazy, off-the-shelf life if it wasn't for my dear friends who put a roof over my head, who put food in my belly, who love me and comfort me, who hug and listen to me. Now I'll be going back to my mom's house, and she will love and feed me, and I will do the same for her. I'm looking forward to going back to New Jersey and connecting with her, interestingly. That's not always the case. Maybe it's because the energy for this Alaska trip has been so discombobulated. I know that's because I've gone through and continue to go through such a major deconstruction of the self. I was thinking about that during my meditation. For anyone who thinks that meditation is about not thinking, let me tell you, that's not the meditation I know. For me, an hour of meditation is mostly 58 minutes of my thoughts freaking out across the screen of my mind. My thoughts, your thoughts, everybody's thoughts, they're all there. It's like, what the hell? Who makes these? When does this manufacturing process slow down? Now I don't even remember what I was thinking because more thoughts took my attention away. 
My friend and I did our webinar, A Spiritual Response to President Trump. I'm so proud of us. Our friendship took a tender turn at one point preparing for this, but we were inspired to stay with it for almost three months until it happened. We needed to empty ourselves of ourselves. Do you know what I'm saying? For my friend, speaking in front of a live online audience was a huge stretch. He just kept letting go of his preferences and limiting thoughts. We both did. I'm so proud of us for doing that. Now we'll just see what we're inspired to do next. Irreconcilable distances is the crux of my feeling state today as I prepare to say goodbye to my friends and to this beautiful place. I know it's not forever, so why all of the drama? That comment right there is coming from outside of me and reminds me, don't be harsh and rough to the tender child within you. Don't be harsh and rough to the sweet presence that too often we dismiss and chastise. Get over yourself. The child inside of us wants to be a part of our everyday living. We need their sweetness and their innocence, their wisdom. If more of us brought that little girl or little boy into our expression, things would be different. I look at Donald Trump and I see a little boy that's still trying to get love, attention, and approval. I mean, my gosh, I've never seen a public figure like this. So desperate for approval, desperate to be seen. When you look at it through the eyes of compassion and empathy, it's like, wow, we've got to pray for everybody and affirm that there's something great and magnificent unleashing itself through each and every one of us. Lastly, Sasha, Mark, Kat, and I had our first follow-up video phone call yesterday. I've got to say, the theme of the check-in was that everybody's a bit fucked up. So, okay, all right. When we left after our weekend together, something had happened that we've never been able to put back together again. When you've had a major internal deconstruction and your pieces and parts are strewn across the floor and somebody burned the instruction sheet, you're like, what the hell? You try to put things back together, but you realize pieces are missing and you don't even know if the parts that are left fit together anymore. This is the proverbial clearing of the table and starting over. You're waiting for parts to be delivered because you know you're putting something completely new together. So what do you do while you're waiting? Meditate, I guess. Maybe I'll find the instructions there. Day 33. What the fuck is going on? You know, I have to be honest. Today is one of those days where I just want to stay under the covers. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. And that's mostly because last night... I had an unexpected breakdown meltdown. A big chunk had to be released last night. I was at the end of a long day, just sitting in the dark, thinking back over these last few wild months. The thing that probably brought me to my knees was remembering how joyful I was going into that L.A. weekend. I have not fully felt joy to that degree since I got back. I was remembering how, after I had my own meltdown in front of the flow group, Things seemed to get worse from there. Now I'm thinking, was it worse? Is it worse? I don't want to label these experiences in any negative way because really, it's just what it is. The mind tries to label based on what it thinks is happening and all sorts of feelings follow those conclusions. But overall, I'm sitting here feeling really sunk. I'm going back to New Jersey with this measuring stick that hasn't been able to measure a whole lot since I got to Anchorage. 
I came out of a spinning situation in New Jersey. Then I came into a spinning situation in Alaska. I was scrambling to put work together and then canceled the women's retreat because I got selected for Kyle's retreat. And here I am, 30-something days later, thinking, I'm going back to New Jersey with what? I know what I'm going back with. I'm going back with myself, with more awareness and with a focus on two books. But still, it's been a weird two months. Alaska is rarely like this. Usually I come back to Alaska and things get lined up and are in the flow. Looking back, though, I think, were there advances? Were there successes? What did I get done? All of that stuff that comes from my mind. When I measure what simply is against that, it's all loss. And all loss feels crappy. So I don't feel too great right now. I know I'll have a vibrational shift after I do my gratitude work and call forth what I want to experience today. I have the tools that can make that happen. So yes, something huge unleashed last night. I asked the universe, what's here for me to understand? It feels like there's more here, and for right now, I'm tired of this self-analytical transformational work. I truly don't know how the caterpillar does it. I think the butterfly's got the easy part. Day 34, yesterday doesn't exist. The time-space continuum rolls on. I am in New Jersey, in the bedroom where I grew up with the psychedelic wallpaper that was much more enjoyable in the 70s. I was stoned most of the time, and I already feel out of it. Every time I make my way from one side of the country to the other, it takes time to reboot. I'm crossing four time zones, but also moving from one life to another, so yesterday doesn't exist. I didn't meditate or make a video. Again, after 30-something days of meditation, the quantity of thoughts has not subsided at all. Today, my mind was reminding me of all the things that I have to do and all the things I'm not doing and all the things I didn't do. It's doing an excellent job of laying it all out, my entire existence, every nook and cranny. Just in case I was unaware of my failure, my mind is being sure to show me all this to give its opinion every once in a while. My mom, who is 86, is doing a really great job of living her life. And she's still in this home, and there are a lot of things that she can't do anymore. I have no shortage of physical labor in front of me, and I'm looking forward to working up a sweat and helping her get ready for the next season, another hot summer. My mind is creating quite the to-do list. Of course, my body's saying, mm, you might want to give us a day or two to get back into the skin of things. I'm still in Alaska, even though I'm here in New Jersey. And yet, I could not wait to get into my meditation today. I was really looking forward to the stillness and being with myself in that deep way. It's wonderful to know this is something I enjoy and look forward to. I need to keep myself centered during these times of far-reaching change. <laughs>